Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. To say that I'm gay, I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Finally! Oh, Yay! That's Carl Nassib. Uh, this music's really aggressive, Justin. That's Carl Nassib, defensive end for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, which is still actually really difficult for me to say, Las Vegas Raiders. Literally, Justin asked me a question yesterday, and I was like, Justin, why would I know about the Raiders? And then you were like, because they're in Vegas, where you're from. And I was like... Oh, yeah, duh, that tracks. Mm-hmm. Came out as gay yesterday, the first active NFL player to do so, uh, meaning he's still very much in the game. Uh, he's in the midst of a very lucrative contract right now. And uh, use some of that money to actually make a big donation, a six-figure donation to the Trevor Project. Incredible. Which I love. I think it's so fantastic. So yes. we're going to dig into this a little bit more in about uh, 13 minutes from right now. We're going to have a full conversation uh, and share a little bit more audio that you didn't hear right there that, that is actually the, the part of his message that really stood out to me the most. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Uh, so stick around for that conversation 12 minutes from now. Uh, Michaela, how are we? I'm doing well, honey. I'm doing well. I'm excited about Denver Pride this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's all I seem to be talking about. My fiance ordered a whole mm-hmm. bunch of clothes last night. You're a fiance and you look amazing. I just saw your engagement photos, a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. they look incredible. I woke up this morning to an email from our photographer from our first engagement session, engagement photo session, and they're really cute. Uh, we did some stuff on the beach. Um Different style for me because it's that sort of like rolled up pant and like linen shirt thing, which is sort of a vacation vibe. Yeah, I love uh, it. Our next photo shoot, though, will be taking place in the desert and not such a vacation vibe. I think it's beautiful. Because, of course, we have to have more than one. We might we might schedule a third one. I don't know. Where would you do the third one? I don't know. Mars? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where could we? Okay, so that's a good question. First one, water, beach. Okay. Second one, Joshua Tree, desert. Where would the third one be? Like in the city? Air? Yeah, the Did, city. Or fly, flying. Ooh, the Sky Zone, that City Walk, where you do that. Uh-huh. Have you ever done that? Lisa yeah. wants to do that. That's so funny. Is it still there? Because Lisa wants to do it so badly. I'm going to take her to it's do like it. It's like fake skydiving. It yeah. is. It's like still there. Obsessed. Tube and it just blows air and you float up. She's and, yeah. obsessed. We could look into that. That'd be okay. fun. Yeah, that would be great. Well, your photos are beautiful. Thank I you. posted my Pride album cover yesterday as a lesbian Kardashian, and the gays went wild. A thousand percent a lesbian Kardashian channeling, of course, the the Armenian. Share. Share. Yeah. You know, did, did you know, 
when you met your partner, who is also Armenian, yes, that there were all these connections? No. Uh. It's so funny because I always wanted to be a Kardashian. And then at one point I was like, I love like Armenian culture. I was like obsessed. You were Cher for, for <clears throat> Halloween a couple years ago and, she, and Lisa she, was. She was Cher. I was Sunny. Oh, yeah, that's right. I flipped but it. But she looked like Cher. Yeah, she, she did. She literally looked like Cher. Mm-hmm. Ugh, stupid, pretty bitch. <laughs> well, we have a great show for you. Uh, we also have Dr. James Simmons joining us a little bit later on uh, and What the Health. And we're having a conversation about reparations. Uh, it's become a very uh, popular topic of conversation in recent years as we as we try to somehow deal with our 400-year past uh, regarding racism uh, and other sorts of discrimination in this country. Uh, but one city, Pride, is uh, doing something that's ruffling some feathers. Uh, they're actually asking for money from individuals, and you won't guess who, and you might have an opinion about that. We're having that conversation a little bit later on. Correct, Justin? You're looking at me like I'm an alien right now. You're looking very confused. No, I'm just welcome, you know, waking up. It's it's a Tuesday. Welcome to my Wake worst day of the week. Wake up and think about so many things. Name that song. It's what's her name from Judice, uh, <laughs> Teresa Judice's daughter. It went viral recently on TikTok. She has merch now for it. Shut up. Waking up in the morning, thinking about so many things. And she things. wrote that song ten years ago. Yeah. Amazing. I'm jealous. There's, there's still hope. Yeah, there there's is. There's still hope, Michaela. Uh, there's hope for you too because <clears throat> you have another opportunity right now to do something that can really mm, help the people. Groundbreaking. It's called news. On the beat. Okay. After weeks of warnings about the growing dangers of coronavirus variants, the Delta variant may be responsible for a six-fold increase in hospitalizations in one Missouri city. A hospital CEO in Springfield said most new patients there are unvaccinated and appear to have not observed basic pandemic precautions. Health experts worry more local spikes like this could be on the horizon. We're now about two weeks away from the Biden administration's self-imposed July 4th deadline to reach a 70% partial vaccination rate among U.S. adults. And while the reported 65.4% seem promising, vaccination rates have slowed to a crawl. Meanwhile, vaccine advisors to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are set to meet tomorrow to discuss a handful of reports linking treatable heart inflammation to the coronavirus vaccine in youth and young adults. Okay, let's do a little weather because it's summertime is here and it is queer brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 88 in Houston, 88 in Kansas City, uh, 88 in Miami, whoa, 79 in Seattle, 73 in Baltimore, 108 in India with rain, a little drizzle. That is disgusting. They could get a rainbow. 108 with rain? No, you know how great your skin looks in that kind of weather? Ugh, Listen, no. The humidity. It's oh, a, God. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a I, literally, it's a God-given sauna. It's exfoliating, yeah. isn't okay, it? Okay, but yeah. also, like, with my hair, thank God I don't have my weave, like, sewn in right now. I would be miserable. You grab some sand, rub it on your face. Yeah, dirt. Okay, mm-hmm. well, listen, this was brought to you by McDonald's. Uh, a reminder, go to McDonald's, get a small summer... I know, I had a little... <laughs> I have a pimple on my, on, underneath Stop. my nostril. Stop right now. It hurts so bad. This is what McDonald's wants to hear. <laughs> Sorry. Think about McCafe frappes. Hey, with a little... Uh, Michaela on the side. At McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushie or McCafe Frap and smoothie for just $2. You're going to need it with a little drizzle and 108 degrees. Why are you laughing like that? 108 degrees. I live for so many things about you. <laughs> you're just like, you're unique. I've just never met anybody like A side of Michaela. Why is that funny? Yeah. Michaela and McDonald's uh-huh. coming at you. Double, double, baby. Mick, Mick. I'm Big Mick.
Here's your vibe of the day. <laughs> if you want to improve the quality of your life, start allocating a portion of each day to changing your paradigm. It's yeah. about change itself, people. Yeah. Get with it. Get with it. All right, coming up, an NFLer makes history as the first active player to come out, and Colton Underwood is shaking in his boots. We discuss. <laughs> What's up, people? I'm Carl Massive. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. Just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. It's a big moment. Yes, it is. You like the song, Michaela? I I love it. It's actually part of my top five on my workout playlist. Apparently, this is what they play at Raiders games. Is that a thing? Babe, I would never know that. Well, you're from Las Vegas. Doesn't matter. You went to a soccer match this weekend. Yeah, I played soccer. It's not like I'm opposed to sports, but I played soccer, so I get it. Football, I just, I don't get it. It's like a lot for me. Carl Nassib uh, just yesterday became the first active NFL player to ever come out of the closet as gay. It's a big, big deal. It was how many years ago did Michael Sam come out? And that was after he left the NFL. Um, and that was monumental at the time. Led to uh, Jason Collins, a uh, former NBA player, also sort of coming out around the same time. But again, none of these guys were active players. Recently, Colton Underwood came out, but he was an athlete years ago, and he has since left that behind. Uh, so this is a big deal to actually see a member of the NFL come out. And what I love what he says in his video, and, and, and there's there's another part of it that I want to I want to really hone in on in a moment. But he also says in the video uh, that he's felt nothing but support from the organization, which is pretty wild to think back just a few years when so many professional athletes said, oh, I can't imagine somebody's still coming out while they're still playing. Uh, do we have that bit of audio, Justin? Go ahead and roll it. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, thousand percent not the, yeah. the uh, audio I was referencing, Justin, but it's also great audio because what I love about that is that he says, look, I hope someday these aren't needed anymore. Hope we don't need to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also funny to me that he says, I'm not looking for attention. Listen, this is the Hollywood reporter in me. I also looked him up on social media. He is signed by William Morris Endeavor, which is one of the biggest agencies in the entire Here world. He made a hundred thousand dollar donation to the Trevor Project, and I would like to think that's just because he's sweet. But his publicist, a thousand percent, told him to do that. He's going to make a lot of money off this. Yeah, he is. But also, what I really but I'm also enjoy, okay with that. To be to be clear, yeah, make whatever, make your money, honey. Because the thing is, it's there's you played football, you know, but I played sports. <clears throat> I have uh, all boys in my family. Toxic masculinity is such a thing, especially, I think, when it comes to sports um, and just like locker room talk. And I think that it was incredibly brave for him to come out and to simply do it just based off visibility. I think a lot of young gay boys, I think, I don't want to speak for you, but had a hard time playing sports and being gay. And to be able to merge that world is incredible. I remember <clears throat> it's sort of like the like for lesbians being a cheerleader. Like I wanted to be a cheerleader, and I also had a crush on girls. Like, but that those worlds did not coexist. Well, until the, until Glee. 
until Glee, until, until yeah, until and what was the other movie? Uh, but I'm a cheerleader. But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. Well, Michael Sam did come out in 2014, so it's been seven years. He was drafted, uh, but never actually played in the NFL. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Rams, which was really interesting to me as well because you got to remember at the time he was <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, in the SEC. I mean, he was like a legit, legit athlete and went in the seventh round when previous defensive players of the year had all gone first round, you know, very high in the first round. Yeah. So there was definitely some discrimination at play with Michael Sam, but it's so scary to be the first to be. And, you know, yeah. the, the Robbie Rogers came out in the world of soccer. There have been a few. Yeah. Martina Navratilova years ago in tennis. That was a really, really big deal. But to be in the prime of your career and to come out of the closet you have a lot to lose. You have a lot to lose. But I think what we're seeing now, though, is this this will be what he's known for now. And maybe he didn't want that. Maybe he didn't want that for a long time. If you absolutely love a sport, you want to be known for your sport, right? Um, but you mentioned that, you know, playing a sport like football is so difficult. And you've read my book. I shared this story in my book yes. uh, of when I played football in junior high and then I was going to high school. And at the time, when I would have been a freshman, uh, the seniors were just beasts. They were they were ranked number one in the state of Ohio in Division One. These guys were animals. They were so, so, so good. And they were also really, really attractive. Like, there were some guys on that team that were so gorgeous. And I remember being an awkward kid and that summer just panicking, thinking to myself, if I have to go to high school and shower after practice, because in junior high you don't do that, but in high school you did. And if I had to shower after practice and I'm around these guys and I get aroused or turned on, as would happen, you know, all I kept picturing is my bloody body on a shower. Like I, I, I just pictured me laying there dead. And that's, that's what I grappled with when I was 13 years old for an entire summer before I right. went to, you know, 14 years before I went to high school. And my mom, I remember pushing me and pushing me and pushing me to play. She's like, you're, you're getting good. You're getting much better play i want you to play and she even threatened me i remember telling me i had to play a fall sport going into high school because she was an athlete and that's what she wanted for me and i remember just i couldn't tell her why i was just terrified for my life i literally and that might 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 be a dramatic you know you know outcome but in my mind it was very very real so to be at this point now in 2021 where an active nfl player can come out of the closet that's what i'm saying it's It's a massive deal it's huge yeah. Big deal. Kudos to you. Welcome to yeah, the family. Absolutely. All right. Well, coming up, Stonewall Inn uh, has a lot to say um, after some donations came in, and we're going to discuss how it involves the GOP next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the morning beat. Michaela, you got your mic? You good? You adjusted? Ready for this? Yeah, baby. How about this one? Stonewall Inn. They're iconic, right? The first bricks thrown at Stonewall that led to the current modern day pride thrown by Marsha P. Johnson and others. Amen. Uh, they've stayed relevant for all these years. It's become more of a, an activist organization than anything in recent years. Um, but uh, the Stonewall Inn recently announced it won't be selling products from Anheuser-Busch during Pride Weekend in New York because of the beer company's corporate donations. Now, this this is, this is sounds great. And the bar's co-owner, Stacey Lentz and Kurt Kelly, I actually know Stacey. I worked with her recently on a, on a Pride panel. Uh, here with some uh, with Odyssey and some other organizations, some other corporations, they announced the temporary ban as part of the Keep Your Pride campaign. Uh, but once again, I just pointed out that it's a temporary ban. They're also doing a temporary ban on things like NBC, AT and T, General Motors, and Coca Cola. But it's just for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So what does that really do? Like, does it really do anything? <laughs> like Stonewall, that's great. But like, there are so many fantastic breweries out there. Why would you ban it for a weekend? You think you're really going to hit them where it hurts? It's yeah. Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, not like, at all. It, it feels performative. Also, though, I don't even feel like we drink Anheuser-Busch. Well, we drink Stella. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so it's okay. Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, Michelob Ultra, another popular one, and Stella. Got I drink it. Stella. Yeah, I drink but Stella, listen, too. I like it. Listen, I'll drink Heineken. I'll drink a local craft brew. Whatever. There's a gazillion options out there. Yeah. And so I just get tired of this. And like Stonewall, fantastic. Good job. Great on you. Whatever. This actually annoys me. Because I think that like you can't... You can't... Force people yeah. to support you. Yeah. But you also can't put a Band-Aid on a massive, massive wound. And if, if, if they're donating to GOP Congress people and senators who are, you know, voting... <coughs> excuse me. Legislating to take our rights away... Why on earth would you not make this take a stand? Yeah. There are other beer companies out there. And that's what I hate that we're so beholden. If Coca-Cola is bad for our community, drink Pepsi. Or here's an idea. Take Cristiano or Cristiano Ronaldo's advice and drink water. Totally. You know what I mean? Like I just do they need Anheuser-Busch this bad? Yeah. I I Do you hear me? Like do you, do you know, like real change takes real effort. Yeah, I I I don't want to drag Stonewall because I think what they're trying, I think they're trying to do something. Sure. And I appreciate that, you know, and I, I understand the frustration they feel with these companies. And as a bar, you think I'm taking a stand. Like you said, if you're going to take a stand, quit selling it in your bar altogether. Just don't have any of those products in there ever, as opposed to like a weekend ban, which... I could I get, get on board the, with. I get it's the busiest weekend of the year. I understand that. Great. Justin, you're trying to make a point right now. Just so we're clear, Justin, our producer, writes feverishly on this dry erase board, and I n- have no idea what he writes. So what I was trying to say is that, like, essentially, 
these are almost the exact same action. You know, Stonewall banning it for a weekend, Anheuser-Busch, is almost the same as, you know, Anheuser-Busch putting a rainbow logo on their on their thing. It's two performance-based actions that are just kind of empty, empty platitudes. Like, what's the long game? Exactly. Like, and I get Stonewall, great. But also, Stonewall has been in this game for decades, mm-hmm. and the world has changed. The way yeah. that young people, like, the, the activism, like, takes root now is very different from how... A lot of these organizations, you know, took action years ago. And I just think that there's got to be a better way. Stonewall, why are you not just supporting, I don't know, LGBTQ breweries? There are, they're out there. But that's what I'm saying. If you're going to just put an X on it, just put an X on it for yes, good. Yes, just don't just get rid of it. sell them at all. I'll adjust. I don't need, I don't need Stella. Yeah, but also, just, I don't even drink, I do vodka sodas. Like, a lot of people. And they're really, they're great, great LGBTQ plus owned, you know, liquor companies too. We got Tom of Finland. We just got a bottle of vodka recently from LA Weekly uh, from the Pride Box. Absolute makes it, right? Yeah, but but Absolute has been a supporter of our community for For a a very long time. For a long, long time. You know, and I I remember I I had my. Gosh, it was my book launch a few years ago, and we had a vodka sponsor, and I think the vodka was called Equality or something like that. It was LGBTQ-owned and operated, and there are companies out there that make fantastic products. we just got to stop giving our money to these big corporations because if we keep giving them the money, they're going to take that money and give it to Republicans who are voting to take away our rights. Yeah. It's just – it's like beating yourself in the head with a, with yeah. a hammer and expecting not to get a, a contusion. It's just absurd to me. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up, one huge celebrity that belongs to our community is sharing one of his biggest regrets. We've got the details and what's popping next. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's almost time for our first round of what's popping of the day. But first – I'll tell you what's popping. You got about a week left, y'all, because we've got one week left of pride. And here's how you can give back and help our community if you've got the money to give. Uh, so during this entire month, we're partnering with Ralph's and Food for Less and the Los Angeles LGBT Center to help fill the fridge for our homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. Here's where you come in. Grab your phone, text the word FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Los Angeles LGBT Pride Pantry. And this entire month, for the next week or so, Pride or for all of Pride, Ralph's and Food for Less is going to match your donation. So $10 will feed an individual for an entire day. Give what you can. Okay. If you can give 25, if you can give 100, if you can give more, do it. If you can give 5, that's awesome too. Just give what you can. Once again, text the word fridge to 20357. Now, Michaela What's popping? Okay, well, this is very interesting. Now, George Takei has been part of our community for so long. And um, he's an icon. Phenomenal. But he's talking about his biggest regret. And this actually kind of makes me sad for the guy. He said his biggest regret is that he never became a dad himself. And he would have really probably liked to have children. Uh, He took to Twitter uh, to talk about his thoughts on gay fatherhood. He said, one of my biggest regrets was never becoming a dad. Uh, in my generation, coming of age in the 50s and 60s, it just wasn't something very available to gay men, even in those even those who were couples. But I'm happy I could still be Uncle George to so many. That's got to be really a bittersweet feeling. I think as much as we want to progress as a community, and we see generations now really not caring there's still the generation of georges who didn't have it easy who didn't have social media and tiktok who didn't have hrc fertility who didn't have 
the resources to maybe make a family for themselves along with the support it makes me feel bad well it's it's step by step every generation is a little bit different and like for me personally i know a thing that I, i've talked about this on the show before but i hate the term gunkle drives me crazy i think it's so dismissive and when i see friends of mine who post it I'm, i kind of cringe i'm like you're not a gunkle you're an uncle you're not gay uncle stop identifying yourself as a gunkle it's weird i know it's popular on social media but for me it, i'm like no i've made the choice to say that i'm an uncle and my partner is an uncle and that's that i'm not getting gay married next year Look, i'm getting married he does so, say uncle george he didn't say no gunkle. but i'm saying that each generation has their thing that, they, oh, that, yeah. that, that, that gets a little bit easier by the next generation i feel like young kids now are just aunts and uncles do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they wouldn't even think to say something like Gunkle or to or to, to or to not. Well, it's just so normalized. Yeah. I think that just being gay isn't even like such a huge thing, but it was for George. Of and, course. Uh, and I, yeah, coming out in the 50s and 60s was got, such a time. And you got to think about that generation too, how not only did many of them not have families because it wasn't something that was even an option. Yeah. Many of them never got married and they also lived through the loss of countless brothers during the AIDS and HIV crisis. Yeah. So like now, now, many of them are in their 60s, 70s and 80s living alone and just wondering and seeing this world now. That's what I'm saying. Where like we're imagine all our best I, lives. I wouldn't want and I wouldn't want him to feel bitter, but I could see if he did. Was, I'm kind of bitter know? and I'm 40. Yeah. When I see teenagers coming out now, I'm bitter about it. Because yeah. it took me 20 years and a lot of therapy to get to where I am now, and I'm still bitter. Yeah. So I can't even imagine. But also, you know, the kind of the takeaway, as best as you can make it, is uh, that not everything has to be a big deal. You know, even if your yeah. parents don't. Yep. It doesn't, not everything is to be a, and I make everything a big deal, but it doesn't have to be. You yeah. just do it. All right. Well, coming up in our next hour, we are talking uh, reparations uh, seem to be coming for our um our c- people of color within our community color. yeah and uh lgbtq people may be the ones that have to foot the bill we discuss next welcome back to the morning beat uh i love that song justin who was that song we we're listening to you broke me first by tate mccray well, that's interesting aren't we going to be talking to tate mccray i think we are when is that not a thursday at 9 20 our final celebrations in pride for 2021 huh, who knew look how that just worked okay. out okay Tate McRae, we'll talk about an upcoming star, a rising she's star. She's so incredible. Incredible. She's so young. She's so like woke and cool. I uh, I adore her. If I could have been that cool at that age, my life would be so different. I should, I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. Oh, you are so lucky to be sitting here with me. Here's the thing: you were that cool at your age. What happened to you? I don't You're here know. with me. I aged backwards or <laughs> you forwards. Did. You definitely peaked at 16. Yeah, That's I just showed all... you my headshot from 2011, and you were like, "You look like a 40 year old actress on a soap opera." And I was like, "No, I, I said crime drama." Oh, crime! Which may... <laughs> you look like you work in a courtroom <laughs> on NBC or something, like Law and Order or something. It's Doesn't terrible. make it better. Doesn't make it better. Did you have blonde curly hair or something? What was that? Yeah. Yeah. Walk, walk it over to me right now. Get up out of your chair. She's across the studio right now. There's plexiglass in here still because, you know, we were in a pandemic. Can we take the plexiglass down yet, by the way? I think we um, can. Yeah, I think we can. Yeah. So walk, get up, get up out of your chair and walk over here. I just want to, I want to get a, a live in-person view of this photo and just describe. <laughs> I know. I don't know what happened. You know, you can't, you can't hear you on the mic really they right now. Hear, right? So you hear no, her in the background. You hear her far, far away. Okay. So let me just tell you, she is wearing a sleeveless black top with a very low cut 
uh, in the front. Well, and it was pre-implants, so oh. my boobs were like little and perky and like yeah. twenty. And I thought I was so beautiful. You look, you, I, you, you look, you look flawless. You also look a little bit disgusted, or like you have to go number two. Like you look like you're like I need to get to the restroom. What yeah. am I doing? Yeah. Well, also I didn't know what a model. I did. I was like horrible what, at headshots. What were you trying to book with this headshot? What was I your goal? I don't know. I was with CAA. Here she goes. She keeps talking again. Just randomly. Kelly, you should around. post that on Instagram. Yeah, you should post that on Instagram. Put that on your Insta story. No. Be like, what? Yeah, put that on your Insta story right no. now and say, what would you book this girl for? I was with CAA, and they <laughs> were a like, huge agency. You need to have three different looks. So, in because the memories popped up, I had three. I had then this one, which was like sultry girl. Okay. And then I had this one. Oh, God. Who are these women? This girl that was like, oh, yeah. um, rough a, and tough girl. She's a bad, she works at Coyote Ugly. Yeah, this, for sure. yes. <laughs> I actually did really well with this headshot. Okay, you need to post all three of those on your Insta stories and say, what would you hire this girl for? And put a poll up. Do it. You have to do it. Okay, well, maybe later. I don't even know those girls. I don't know these girls. This is a wow. great segment for radio, guys. This is really, a straight girl also. No, this is why I'm saying, I know, listen, I get it, Justin. I understand it's radio and we're describing things in detail and then we're going to put it on social media. Turn your mic off, Justin. God, I can't deal with this one. He's too much. Not today. But I, it is funny, though, because looking back over headshots, if you're in this industry and you've had headshots taken at any point in your life, 1,000% guarantee you will be mortified someday. Yeah. I look back at my headshots. I'm like, what was I thinking? But what's worse is I did think they were good. Oh, like, you I always remember think they're good. showing. I mean, there was my profile picture. Okay. Like, I was like. On your MySpace. Yes. All right. Ready? Wow. Which one of those would do news on the beat? Probably yeah. the one with the curly hair and the black. Yeah, sleeveless. obviously. Not the green one and not Coyote Ugly. She's still asleep. Listen, lady, you're up. News on the beat. All right, Do the it. The Supreme Court unanimously handed down a huge ruling yesterday saying student athletes can receive education related payments. The case could reshape college sports by allowing more money from a billion dollar industry to go to the players. In a concurring opinion, Justice Brett Cobb. Cobb- Kavanaugh said the NCAA is essentially acting above the law in how it treats athletes and forbidding them from making money off their college fame. The ruling is the first time in decades the Supreme Court has considered the issue, and it is an enormous win for a class of students who have said they were being exploited. The NCAA had argued the spending caps at issue were needed to preserve a distinction between amateur and pro sports. Now let's get into a little weather, shall we? Uh, summer's here, and it's queer, and it's brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's. Don't mind my keys just falling on the floor. It's a high of 108 in Indio, 88 in Sacramento. You're so weird. 82 in St. Louis, 64 in Cleveland, and 79 in Atlanta. Now, let me remind you that at McDonald's, you can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushy or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just $2. Keep hydrated and give us the vibe of the day. If you want to improve the quality of your life, start allocating a portion of each day to changing your paradigm. Change the way you do things. You get better outcomes. I love it. All right, coming up, reparations may be coming uh, for our black and indigenous community, but will LGBTQ members be paying the tab? We're going to discuss next. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 
All right, so something that we hear uh, being discussed more and more recently is the idea of reparations, right? Sort of uh, figuring out a way to create some equity and and kind of make up for the lack of generational wealth that especially uh, black Americans have experienced over the course of the last 400 years, right? Um, now there is a pride event in Seattle that's trying to make that happen in a way that's really interesting to me. Um, apparently, they want to charge white people who come to the Pride event and use that money towards programs and reparations for our black queer brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm absolutely not okay with that. Nope. I think it's so um, awful because I feel like, first of all, I am a white woman. Like, I'm Italian, I'm Russian. But I'm you know, white, and I would. I don't think it's fair that we have to pay for mistakes that other white people made years ago. But also, the LGBTQ community is also a minority. Like we're also still fighting for equality. Why would you charge the community? So yeah. So here's my issue with this. Uh, my issue is that I'm all for reparations, but let's not get it twisted. Let's not let's be crystal clear on who has done whom wrong. It's not individuals within our community right now who have been fighting together for our rights for a generation. It is the government. Yeah. It is large corporations who have made money off of separating us for for 400 years. It's not you and me who who owe people money and should be charged because of it. Yeah. Because because you're struggling just to be an out and proud queer woman as I am struggling to be an out and proud queer man. But also and we're in this fight together. Last year for Pride, we during a global pandemic, the community came together to march for Black Lives Matter protests and it was beautiful. It was BLM, it was gay pride. We were all standing in the middle of Santa Monica during a pandemic, masks on, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And we all were fighting for the same thing, equality and for our um black and indigenous people like it was hard core yeah. being out there so it it's i, I don't want to have to pay reparations for I, yeah it's misdirected i think yeah. and just to be super crystal clear though i do want to say this is the trans women of color solidarity network and they've organized this event in collaboration with queer the land not officially associated with seattle pride um but they will be taking place during seattle pride and and it's this is but this is you talk about the man like whoever the man is right the man is you know white cis men who have been running our government forever to me that's what the man is and the man has separated all of our communities for so long it's only when we all actually come together yeah. that things get done yeah because because listen gay people would not have rights would not have the right to marry without straight allies our trans sisters and brothers would not be getting the visibility without having gay people or straight people or others who kind of put them at the forefront and shone a light on them. And and, and it's 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 just misdirected, in my opinion, to look to individuals as a solution for reparations and things like that because these corporations and our government make a lot of money, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot mm-hmm. of money. And while they make money and we point fingers at each other and divide the community further, they get what they want, which is control over all of us. Yeah. 
you know, we're in this thing together. I'm all for reparations all day, every day. But don't 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 tell me as an individual that I need to pay as much as fifty dollars when somebody else might get in for free to help. You can ask me for a donation, and I, I I'll probably give it to you. Yeah, I'll probably give it to you. I, this is an organization that's supporting our you know our, our queer people of color. Absolutely, of great. course. But like as a man who is about to marry a black man and have you know biracial children yeah. someday, yeah. I'm not the guy. Yeah, like I'm not the one that is the problem. Yeah, the government's the problem. Yeah, our corporations that need to be weird, held. Yeah, it's, it's just, just odd. very weird. It's just to very me. misdirected. I feel. Yeah, like. I'm not into it. So you know our answer. Absolutely not. Not cool with it. All right. Well, coming up, uh, dating app Bumble is doing something for their staff to help combat burnout. We're going to discuss coming up next. You know, one of the things that's really sort of uh, taken center stage during this global pandemic is mental health, and the way that we that we work. The way that we go to a job for 40 plus hours a week, show up at an office, and just sort of do what we do as Americans. We take a lot of pride in the amount of hours we work. It's almost almost as if it's a badge of honor. Yeah. If you travel to other countries, they look at us like we're insane, right? Oftentimes, like, what, you don't take a siesta in the middle of the day? Yeah. You don't get a coffee break just to go relax and have a two-hour lunch with your friends? Like, why on earth do you work so much? Yeah, of course. And I've thought this many, many times. I'm going to Portugal next month, and uh, my best friend in the entire world, besides Michaela Gordon, lives there. And I'm staying with her, and she lives as a digital nomad in Lisbon, Portugal. She works two days a week. It always sounds like lesbian to me. She's, yeah, she, lesbian. Yeah, she, she's very much not. But, lesbian, lesbian. But she could be. Um, but... Oh. Two days a week she works there, virtually, as a as a therapist on her computer. The other five days a week she lives her best life, and she has plenty of money to do so because the cost of living there is so much better, right? Yeah. She's not burnt out. <laughs> she's, she's great. She literally works about 16 to 18 hours per week, and she's very comfortable. Yeah. There's no way on earth you could do that in America and not, first of all, not survive financially and also not... Be hard on yourself and feel judged by every single person that you know, right? Well, one company uh, is very much aware of their staff burnout, and they're doing something about it. We're talking about Bumble. You know the dating app? You know, you and I haven't had to use anything like that for many, no. many years. Um, I don't use dating apps. Maybe an occasional grinder just to see what's out there, just out of curiosity. With my partner, of course. We look together. But Bumble uh, has uh, is... is taking this mental health very, very seriously, and they're giving their entire staff of 700 people an entire week off just to combat burnout. Yeah. How cool is that? Listen to me. I think it's so important. We talk about this a lot, and I've talked a lot with just friends of mine. As the world started reopening... People are different now. Mm -hmm. We're not the same people that we were a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. Our bodies can't take the same stress that it could. Our mental health can't take it either. So whereas before the pandemic, we were like killing ourselves, working and working. Our bodies and minds are literally saying, not anymore. Sorry. We saw an alternative. We know what it feels like to have a break. Now that we know, we can't do it. Can't go backwards. And... It's been very difficult for people going back to the offices because also people were still very productive who had jobs during the yeah. pandemic. More productive in many more cases. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so now going back into this like cubicle yeah. is not appealing. My sister, uh, you know my brother-in-law, Jerry. 
Yeah, love Jer. Calls into our show sometimes, gives us messages. He listens every day. Jerry, we love you. Uh, his wife, my sister, uh, lives and works in, she lives in northern Kentucky, and she works in Cincinnati. Right? It's right across the river. And so the, the actual airport for Cincinnati, Ohio, is in northern Kentucky. That's how close they all sort of are. But her commute is about an hour and a half each way. And See, that's she, awful. And she's been working from home, and she's very much an introvert. She's a hard worker, but she loves working from home. She's now started going back to work one day per week. And they said that by Labor Day, you have to be back in office, I think, a majority of the week, if not five days a week. Yeah. And she's saying to herself now, like, okay, an hour and a half drive each way. That's three extra hours of my day that I'm getting burnt out, that I'm not accomplishing things. That's added to my work day that I'm not getting paid for. Yeah, it's just not worth it. It's not safe. So, I mean, so our producer, why? Justin, you drive like two hours here and back every day. Yeah. Have for like three years. Like an hour years. each way. Mm-hmm. I would, first of all, good on you. I would never. I live three blocks away from our studio and it, I, I struggle to get here. But struggle. it's. That's a lot for you. I mean, do mm-hmm. you enjoy that? I mean, would it be so much easier if you could work from home? It'd be 100% easier to work from home. I mean, unfortunately, the the work that we do is is hard to re- replicate at home. So yeah, and, and, it yeah. just depends. We're specific. A yeah. studio, you sort of do need to be in a studio to have this feel and to have this audio. And then we did Zoom for a bit. It's not the same. I understand that. But I have so many friends who've worked from home through this entire pandemic and they've been more productive than ever. Yeah. And I, I just... There's a there's a shift happening, and I as much as I love this job, I'll be honest, I hate the hours. Yeah, I, hate I am them. not a morning person, and it's difficult for me. It is really difficult. And if if something like this, like a company like Bumble, giving employees a bonus week off, a paid week off, thing, little things like that go a long way, especially for me. You know, I've gotten sick more times in this last year than I ever have in my entire life. I've never called off sick to a job. I've called off sick three different times this last year. Yeah. I get stomach issues really bad, and I think it's stress. Yeah. I know it's stress. And 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 that is having a fantastic – our program director is amazing. He's always wonderful, says take the time you need. But even still, But it's still hard. It's, you know, listen, I will say that I was in the darkest place of my life last year. When my grandma passed away, mm-hmm. and I still had to come in, we couldn't take time off because we were reporting on Black Lives Matter and Trump. It was very difficult. Yeah. People need to take the time for themselves. And uh, I think Bumble's doing a really yeah, great thing. Yeah, kudos day. to you, Bumble. Yeah, I think other companies need to, to be a part of that. Now, coming up, Caitlyn Jenner is back in the news as she rebrands herself oh, for her new campaign ad. It's... So weird. We'll talk about it next. Because she's in the news and we have to, we're talking about Caitlyn Jenner once again and what's popping. Wish I never said that name ever again. God, God I know. Uh, and I'm going to let you take care of that. Uh, but first, there's some business at hand. Uh, during Pride Month, Ralph's and Food for Less are partnering with the Channel Q and the Los Angeles LGBT Center. Do I refer to us as the Channel Q? Did I just do that? Uh, to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need, here's what you can do. Grab your phone, text the word FRIDGE to 20357. All month long, Ralph's and Food for Less will match donations uh, in honor of Pride. So, give what you can, if you can, uh, to those who need our love right now. Um, one of those people who's not getting my love anytime soon, Caitlyn Jenner, back in the news, what's popping? Okay, so Caitlyn Jenner has released a new campaign video and it's all about how stupid taxes are and why people need to spend more time worshiping God just like she does every Sunday. 
Jenner is upset because she makes she claims that if you count all the regulations in California, you will find a total of 21.1 million words, which is like 12 times more than the Bible. Take a listen. Turn California on. regulations, 21.2 million words. That's 12 times longer than the Bible. Makes sense. Politicians who wrote it worship tax increases and power. As your governor, we will grow the economy by removing regulations for small businesses and lowering your taxes. Together, we'll send a message to Sacramento that the power belongs to the people and we only worship God. Nope. Nope. I'm literally done. Just, let's just, in our next hour, we're talking, I mean, I can't even (laughs) comprehend this Caitlyn's a Caitlyn's gross. There to me. is nothing worse. <sighs> if you want to like, she has literally now very offensively gone after vulnerable followings and things. Not only our trans community, but now like God and people who are religious. Like she's just like gonna infiltrate all of it. Like well, it's just gross. Well, she thinks that she can follow the playbook of Donald Trump, who grabs a Bible, walks out, and takes a photo up in front of a of a, of a church. After having people literally shot with tear gas and rubber bullets, and and also Caitlin, as you know, uh, do you want to want to discuss how long the Bible actually was, or the one that like we just know now? Yeah, because there are a whole lot of books of the Bible that are no longer in the King James version. Yeah. So if you want to get real technical, make sure you understand all of it before you speak mm-hmm. on it, because I, the last person I need to hear anything about religion from is Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I Come totally on, agree. she's it, such a it's joke. It's stupid. It's stupid. All right, coming up in our next hour, we're doing What the Health with Dr. James on uh, does the LGBTQ experience harm us? What exactly does that mean? And why STDs uh, are higher than ever? Uh, we'll talk about it coming up next. So we all knew that Mitch McConnell and other Republicans would be a thorn in the side of Joe Biden's administration in the Senate. We knew that. Senate, it was never going to be easy. We get it. What we didn't expect was that a member of our very own community would be the biggest thorn in his side. And Michaela has details on that in News on the Beat in just a moment. But before I let her uh, explain uh, that bit of a tease I just gave you, I do want to tell you uh, another tease, if you will, in 13 minutes from right now. She's definitely not a tease. She'll give it all to you every single time. We're talking Dr. James Simmons. That's oh, we love I Dr. Say, James. I say her and our producer Justin looks like he's so perplexed. Listen, honey, she's a queen, and we love her here on The Morning Beat. She's joining us for What the Health. Uh, we're talking about the LGBTQ plus experience and how it might actually be bad for your health to be queer. Yep. According to a new survey and a new scientific study. So, James Simmons is here to explain that to us momentarily. Now, back to news on the beat. Kristen Cinema. Why is she a problem? What's I, going on? It's so random. I don't know why she's such a huge problem. However, she really, it really is. Um, she uh, is an out senator and she's been taking heat for derailing President Joe Biden's progressive agenda to rebuild America. But her donors and activists both are quickly growing tired of her grandstanding. And now several uh, groups are quietly asking whether it's time to cancel the bisexual politician. The out senator has become one of the biggest obstacles to LGBTQ civil rights, raising the minimum wage and voting rights. She's blocking the progressive agenda before Republicans get a chance. Just Democracy Coalition of more 
more than 40 black and brown-led progressive organizations focused on voting reform have launched a campaign targeting cinema for claiming to support issues that matter to her constituents, but abandoning them in favor of a racist procedural move spawned out of Jim Crow. With the Senate evenly divided, cinema's support for landmark progressive priorities like civil rights legislation, increasing the minimum wage and infrastructure repair and investment is critical. Republicans, however, can filibuster and force the Senate to require 60 votes to proceed to an actual vote. Democrats have the ability to change the rules, allowing them to pass legislation with only 51 votes since Vice President Kamala Harris would break the tie vote. All right, another news, Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib on Monday became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. Uh, he made an Instagram post. Take a listen. Oh, we don't have the audio? Okay, well, he said I'm a pretty pretty private person. <laughs> We've had the audio all morning long. I know. Where's what happened, audio? Justin? Where is it? It's frozen. My, my, my computer's frozen. <laughs> I love technology. I feel that. Okay. Well, he said I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. But until then, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. Now, the Trevor Project provides crisis intervention and suicide prevention services to the LGBTQ plus community. Oh, now we have that. Justin, I literally just said all of the audio. We don't have to hear from Carl now because I verbatim said what he said well fine it's really a great hour okay play the audio <laughs> what's up people i'm carl massive i'm at my house here in westchester pennsylvania just want to take a quick moment to say that i'm gay i've been meaning to do this for a while now but i finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest okay well thank you it's also carl nasib i said nasib but it's nasib uh but we're very very happy to welcome with loving arms carl into our community now let's get into a little bit of weather summer is here and it's queer and it's brought to you by mcdonald's who doesn't love mcdonald's those fries honey have you ever dipped the fries in the ice cream uh at mcdonald's yeah I don't think I have. Oh, it's so good. Okay, well, it's going to be a high of 81 in Atlanta today, 73 in Baltimore, 72 in Chicago, 64 in Cleveland, 108 in Cathedral City, and 108 in Indio. Now, at McDonald's, get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushy or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just $2. Now, give us a vibe of the day. If you want to improve the quality of your life, start allocating a portion of each day to changing your paradigm. Love that. All right, well, coming up, Dr. James is joining us for What the Health Does the LGBTQ Experience Harm Us? How and Why? Coming up next. Welcome back to the morning beat. Don't go back to sleep, although it sounds like a lullaby. It sounds literally like a lullaby. Somebody's birthday was just recently, and he's joining us now for What the Health. It's Dr. James Simmons. And, and Dr. James, I do want to say quickly, um, as we listen to this horrific, horrific birthday, birthday this is the song. Wor- I feel like I'm watching a Cinderella movie. Dr. James? I think I fell, I think I fell back asleep, actually. Okay, doctor, okay. So, Dr. James, yeah. so literally as we're going to air, Justin, our producer, says to us, I'm going to play uh, the birthday song. And we said, why? <laughs> he said, because Dr. James just had a birthday. And Michaela and I both looked at him and said, you're not going to play the white birthday song, are you? It's obviously it, Stevie Wonder. That's who we, There it is. Yes. <laughs> Come not on. the stupid lullaby. Oh, he woke happy up here. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. 
Well, welcome so to the wait, morning beat. This makes you a cancer. So I am born on the la- the twenty first. My birthday was yesterday, or or uh. the twenty first. Yeah. So I'm on the cusp. Some say I'm Gemini. Some say I'm Cancer. I think the nursey part of me is Cancer. I think the crazy part of me is Gemini. Yeah, that tracks. Oh, trust oh, me, I'm, I'm a I Cancer, and I have I have a crazy part too. Well, so. you're a Cancer Leo because you're the twentieth. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a compassionate Cancer with a fierce side. Yes. Yeah. Watch well, out, Hank. Well, well, happy birthday, mm-hmm. happy 29th birthday again, Dr. James. Um, and thank you, thank you. Curious to know your thoughts on this uh, new stuff. Study that says that homophobic statements trigger elevated stress in lesbian, gay, and bisexual people, and can actually contribute to long-term health problems uh, for for queer individuals. This isn't that shocking to me, actually. But what does this study reveal to you? I, I think this is pretty interesting that those of us who have this sort of lived experience and listen, I, I think everyone, regardless of where you fall in the LGBTQ spectrum or you know, if you are black or a person of color, all of these things experience this sort of constant, chronic, elevated level of stress. And so we've been saying for such a long time, this is a problem. It's contributing to health problems. It's contributing to so many different things. And now some scientists are really out there trying to like really prove this. In particular, just things simply like homophobic or queerphobic or transphobic statements Mm. that you say to individuals that that can literally so it does very simple things like raise your blood pressure and raise your heart rate which triggers your body's natural sort of inflammatory protective responses and if that is chronic over a long time for anyone it is very, very clear. The research is extremely clear that those high levels of stress over time contribute to really serious heart pro- or issues like heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, mental health problems. It's really, really a big deal. And so when that homophobic slur that we all got or heard on the playground when we were kids and we now hear <clears throat> 29 years later, it, uh, it has impacts on our health. It really does. Oh, that is so yeah, that's It's crazy. so interesting to me, Dr. James, because to think how how long humanity has existed and it feels like only very very recently i'm talking recent months and years that we've actually started to have real conversations about how mental health impacts our physical health like how did we not know this for so long and i mean to be fair i'm talking western medicine you know there there are other there are other belief systems around the world who are very very in tune uh, with the the mental aspect of it, and and Indigenous Americans were also very in tune, um, but mm-hmm. the way that we practice medicine in the West, why are we just now getting on board with what we know to be true? Man, I think this whole you know hyper masculinization, particularly here. So think about the narrative that we were all fed in school, right? So um, oh. White people came to this country and had to settle it because there were a bunch of crazy natives here and we moved out west and we you had to, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps and go. You were maybe given 40 acres and then you had to make it work and I'll be darned you did. And a lot of those settlers did make it work and it was really, really hard. Well, that has just permeated now into the sort of American way of life and nothing in that gives any space for the reality of life, which is that sometimes we're depressed. Sometimes we have anxiety that literally manifests in in physical symptoms. Sometimes we have panic attacks. Some people have schizophrenia and live with that. And Mm -hmm. some people have bipolar disorder. All these things have been real for all of humanity. But in this, you know, constant, like, 
go, 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 push, 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 hustle, 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 you know, at least Western world that we live in, we make no space for that. And now I think we've hit a threshold where there's so many people and maybe it took sports stars and, and athletes and, and uh, you know, uh, people in Hollywood, whatever to say, I've had enough. Like we have to really talk about these things. You know, this isn't something that we were necessarily going to talk about, but it's an article that we did earlier today where um, there's going to be a reparations fee to be charged for white people at a Seattle gay pride event. And when we were discussing, although I think reparations are absolutely deserved, it's interesting that uh, it's, being asked of the community, a community that's also fighting for equality still, a community that obviously scientifically is feeling stressed out as well. How do you feel about that? Ooh, that's really tough, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think that I'm so glad that there's so much more of this reparations conversation that needs to be happening and should have been happening for a really, really long time. I think where things become problematic is when there is not sort of a systematic approach to how it should be done. And it's just sort of piecemeal everywhere. Mm. Um, so not that I'm necessarily against reparations. I mean, I'm not against reparations at all. I do find it sort of interesting that, yes, there is probably a significant portion of individuals who might be going to pride events in Seattle who could be wealthy, uh, white, cis, gay men who have money to spare. But we know very much for a fact that even as a public health issue, LGBTQ folks, period, across the racial spectrum, tend to actually make less money than others. It's a misnomer that we make more, we make less. Also, our younger populations, regardless of race, typically struggle with money, struggle with all of these other things. So if, you got, if you're a 19-year-old kiddo who's going to your first Pride event and you're white, I'm not sure that this is the place where the reparations come from. And it's not an individual thing, by the way, just like we talk about racism on a systemic issue. It's not individual white folks responsibility to pay every person of color and black person. It's the system. And we got to figure out a way to do it in the right way. Yeah, I think. We talked about that a little bit ago, where it's it's as opposed to pointing out individuals and dividing our community even further. Yeah. We need to look at the government and to corporations uh, to foot this bill because, honey, it's, it's not for us to foot. Yeah. Well, Dr. James, we're going to continue talking with you. STDs are at an all-time high, and we're going to discuss coming out of a pandemic and what the health next. Welcome back to The Morning Beat. We're joined again for another round of What the Health with Dr. James Simmons. Dr. James, uh, so we, we came across a study that revealed STDs have reached uh, an all-time high for a sixth consecutive year in the United States. Uh, and for this to happen during a pandemic, I think maybe shocked a lot of people because we're all locked up for a whole year. Uh, so how are these numbers still rising and what do you think the root of this issue is? Well, so I think there's a couple of things that are really important here. Typically, when we get information like this on a really, really big scale, like from the CDC, the numbers are a couple of years old. So what we are seeing are actually six years in a row of rising numbers leading up to the end of 2019. Ah. We don't actually have the numbers for 2020 yet. Uh, So I think it will be very, very curious to see. Probably, Probably won't be until this time next year, to be totally honest, when we get 2020 numbers. Um, So we actually sort of have to put on our like pre-COVID hats and go back to the world before when we talk about like, why are these STDs like going up at such a high rate? Because to your point, AJ, it doesn't correlate, right? That we're locked down in a pandemic and most of us really were, but yet STD rates are rising. It's because the data is actually all the way through 2019. That's when it stops. 
Well, I'm kind of curious to know, so uh, states with the highest uh, cases of chlamydia, for example, chlamydia has been on the rise for years now in the United States. And this group of states is really interesting to me. We're talking Alaska, Mississippi, Louisiana, South Carolina, New Mexico, North Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, New York, and Illinois. It's a very broad cross-section of demographics, those 10 states. Uh, about half Republican, half Democrat, uh, all over the country. We're talking literally all the way up to Alaska, all the way down you know, to Georgia and Louisiana. I don't see a sort of correlation between these states. Um, what are we seeing out of this data? Are there areas that are being hit harder than others? Or, or is it just sort of a random you know, free-for-all? I think there are some things that maybe if you look at these states, if you take two of them out that are sort of their own kind of situation, New York and Illinois, if you take those two states out with really, really massive high population centers and then you look at the rest of the states, there's a lot. They're mostly in the southeast Mm. and there's a lot of poverty in those states. And those states also represent where cuts to STD programming and funding have occurred. They also represent states where the burden of poverty is has been actually increasing. Um, so I, I think that and those really go back to why some of these things are happening. You know, it, we do this funny thing in human nature where we start to finally figure something out. Right. And we're like, we got it. It's like me with losing weight. I'll be totally honest. I'll be like, I'm great. I have, I've been eating right. I've been exercising, whatever. She got off 10 pounds. And then I'm like, so I can have this bag of Doritos. Right. No, it's no shame on myself. Yes, of course, I can have those bag of Doritos. But if my goals are to continue to lose weight, I have to continue to doing the things that are going to get me to that place. Well, we were doing really great. Everybody was using condoms and prep and everyone was getting their screening and their and their tests and all these things. And we started to see numbers fall very, very, very quickly. Great. What we're doing is working. And so unfortunately, post housing crisis, lots of different reasons, governments needed to cut funding. And unfortunately, one of the things that gets cut right away, because sometimes it's controversial, is taxpayer dollars that get spent on STD programming and prevention. And what happens when you cut funding to those things is that six years later, you see a huge spike in STDs. Um, You know, it's really interesting if you're just tuning in. It's What the Health with Dr. James Simmons. This is completely off topic. um, And I'm going to go off the rails here. But I was listening to this other show and they were talking about would you date somebody if you met them in an STD clinic? Like, where are places to pick people up? And they were like, would that be weird? And someone was like, yeah, that'd be weird. And then someone else was like, no way. I'd love to know they're getting tested. I would absolutely Well, they're taking their health seriously. And and there's so much stigma attached to so many different STDs. Some you live with your entire life. Some you take a pill on a shot. I'm not speaking from experience. Yes, I am. (laughs) Um, But speaking of, though, groups getting hit so hard, though, I'm seeing the same study revealing uh, that in 2019, uh, for black and African-American people getting tested, they're five to eight times more likely than white people to test positive for an STD. You talk about this a lot, Dr. James, both on your social media, um, Ask the NP, and here on What the Health. The disparities in treatment uh, for people of color in this country and for white people. Uh, do you want to talk about that for yeah. a moment? Yeah, isn't, isn't this something else? And and I think that, so this is, those of us who have been doing sort of like public health and, and out there in the STD community and sexual health community for a long time, obviously we've seen this. That these numbers are not necessarily new to us, that rates of increase, so incidents of, of STDs in 
black and people of color communities is higher than whites. And, and that that can sometimes be regional, by the way. But just on the whole, we're seeing this across the United States. And it's really unfortunate. I think one of the other things that's going to come out of the pandemic. So putting our COVID hats back on now. Now we're in the in the current times. I think we're actually going to see a huge, 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 crazy increase, particularly in communities of color and black communities from 2020, because already programs were funded or were cut, funding for programs were cut. And then we needed folks to do things like contact tracing and scramble for this pandemic. And where do you think those folks came from? Well, they came from the STD clinics and the community health clinics because people weren't going to those clinics. Mm. Well, people weren't going to those clinics and there wasn't staff at those clinics. So you think the disparities were huge before the pandemic. I think the disparities after the pandemic are, are going to be astronomical and continue to point to this thing again. Thank you for allowing me to use your airways to talk about this. The huge, massive racial disparities in our healthcare system that unfortunately are allowing for black people and people of color to bear the brunt of pretty much every single one of our health crises here in this country. Well, Dr. James Simmons, we appreciate you. Happy belated birthday again. And thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Now, coming up, one of the actors from Friends is revealing that they have been diagnosed with prostate cancer. We're going to discuss in What's Poppin' coming up next. I love a good heartbreak anthem. I also love a good round of What's Poppin'. But even more so than all of these things combined. I love generosity, and here's an opportunity for you, our listener, to be generous if you can. Uh, During Pride Month, we're partnering with Ralph's and Food for Less and the Los Angeles LGBT Center to help fill the fridge for homeless LGBT youth and seniors in need. Uh, Our community has been hit very hard during this pandemic, and now it's more important than ever to help give back. Uh, You can do so by texting the word FRIDGE to 20357 to donate to the Pride Pantry. Donations are being doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less all month long. A simple $25 donation. Here's, listen to this. 25 bucks will get doubled by Ralph's and Food for Less, and you can feed somebody for an entire week. An entire Amazing. week's groceries for $25. Pretty incredible stuff. Once again, grab your phone, text the word FRIDGE to 20357 while you listen to Michaela uh, give a sombering update on a beloved uh, um, member of the Friends family and what's popping. Uh, what do you have for us? Yeah, so James Michael Tyler, the actor who played the sarcastic coffee shop employee Gunther, has opened up about his struggle with prostate cancer since being diagnosed in September 2018. Take a listen to what he has to say. Let you know that in September of 2018, I was diagnosed with uh, advanced prostate cancer. Um, and he's opening up. He's talking about it now. Uh, he was a beloved cast member on Friends. Just for reference, take a listen to when he was Gunther on Friends. Hey, Gunther, have you, uh, have you seen Chandler? I thought you were Chandler. <laughs> but um, what if he's over there? Funny guy. And he said he did uh, get some support from his friends, cast members. And um, he says it's stage four now. It's late stage cancer. So eventually it's probably going to get me. Um, And that's just really, it's just sad to me. I had an ex whose grandfather died of prostate cancer. It happened very quickly. And um, it's nothing to mess around with. And I, I, I feel really bad for him. It's just a sad thing. It's scary. Prostate cancer. Is it's, it's 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 such a killer, and to be a part of that cast, I mean, out of the six cast members, 
if you look on the IMDb list of who appeared most on that show, he's number seven. Yeah. He was, but he wasn't making a million dollars an episode. He wasn't getting the fame and the accolades. Um, and it's sad because he says that, you know, uh, that David Schwimmer has reached out on social media, but that he didn't mention anybody else. Yeah, so well, it's got to feel weird to be like in that position and to be like at the end of your life. Ugh. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's an interesting thing too to know that it's going to happen. Like we all know we're going to die, but to know yeah. it's maybe just weeks or months left, it's devastating. So sending love to him and his family. Um, I hope that he lives his last time here just very peacefully and, and feels the love and support from everybody uh, now coming up in our final hour is it time to renounce your Catholic faith uh, Adrian and I both grew up in Catholic school with Catholic uh, parents and and we're going to discuss next Coming up this hour on the morning beat, the NFL is a little bit gayer than it was yesterday at this time, uh, but in the best way possible. We've got some audio we're going to share with you in just a moment. Uh, also, a little bit later on, uh, we're having a discussion in about 15 minutes on the Catholic Church and how problematic it, it has always sort of been, in our opinion. You know, Michaela and I are both both raised Catholic, went to Catholic school. Now, not only do they not want us to adopt or foster children, uh, they may be taking the right of communion away from the President uh. of the United States. The Catholic Church is wild, and they're at it again, and we're holding them accountable coming up in about 12 minutes from right now. So stick around for that conversation. Uh, Michaela, what do you have for us in News on the Beat? I know you have a little bit on Joe Biden and the Catholic Church, uh, but you also have more on Joe Biden in general. Uh, there's a lot going on today. What, what do you have for us? Yeah, there's a lot going on in the news. Um, lawmakers are set to resume tense negotiations over voting rights, infrastructure, and police reform during an important week for President Biden's legislative goals. Biden met privately yesterday with two Democrats, Senator Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin, who are crucial players in the president's push for his $4 trillion economic agenda. Today, the Senate is set to vote on whether to advance the sweeping elections reform bill. But without Republican support, Democrats are poised for a stinging defeat. However, there could be a silver lining if Democrats stay united and create a clear contrast between their voting priorities and Republicans. As for police reform, a key GOP legislator said it's June or bust. The Senate heads into a July 4th recess at week's end, which could kill burgeoning momentum on the issue. Now, uh, in other news, big news, Las Vegas Raiders defensive end Carl Nassib on Monday became the first active NFL player to come out as gay. The 28-year-old made an announcement on Instagram. Take a listen. No, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate, and I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. They're an incredible organization. They're the number one suicide prevention service for LGBTQ youth in America, and they're truly doing incredible things. And I'm very excited to be a part of it, to help in any way that I can. And I'm really pumped to see what the future holds. Now, reaction to Nassib's announcement was immediate through the NFL and sports world overall. In a statement, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said the league is proud of Carl for courageously sharing his truth today. Representation matters, uh, Goodell said. How do you say his last name? Goodell. Goodell, Roger Goodell. Yeah. We share his hope that someday soon statements like his will no longer be newsworthy as we march toward full equality for the LGBTQ plus community. We wish Carl the best of luck this coming season. You know, I don't know. I can't even pronounce his name. Roger Goodell. Goodell. But I do know that he's a big, big guy over at the NFL and he's seen a lot. And it's 
nice did to... You say, wait, wait, wait. Did you say he's, you know he's a big guy over at the NFL? Yeah. He literally runs the NFL. He's like he's like the Joe Biden of the NFL. He's yeah, like, he's, he's a big guy. He's the biggest guy. The yeah, bigger. but I'm not a There's sports girl. nobody girl. bigger. But I'm not a sports girl. I don't know I that. I hear he's got a good job over there. He's got a good gig. Not yeah, but my point is a lot of people, sure, this not everybody likes football. I could care less. But I like that yeah. he's like the big guy over there. Yeah. And he's showing support, love and yes. support because it matters. It really does. And he's yeah. been around for such a long time, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. He's seen a lot. Yep. He's seen a lot of other players. And I, I can imagine maybe some players have gone to him quietly without wanting to publicly come out and say they were gay. But maybe he, you know, he probably knows a lot more than we do. And I, I think it's just really great because I always feel like there's just such toxic yeah. masculinity surrounding sports. I also think, as somebody who pays very close attention to these things, that... He didn't handle Black Lives Matter very well and the kneeling protest of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And the NFL took a major hit because of it. And it comes down to money. And right now, he sees that there's money in supporting this. And he's supporting it. I think it's really that simple. You know, I think that Adam Silver, in a different way, uh, supports the NBA players uh, in a way that feels a little bit more authentic to me. Roger Goodell is problematic to me. But I do appreciate that he's come out in support of an openly gay football player because it will open the door for a lot more players to come out. Yeah. There are, a, there are a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into a little weather. Summer's here and it's queer. It's brought to you by McDonald's. It's going to be a high of 108 in Indio, 88 in Sacramento, a high of 82 in St. Louis, 72 in Chicago, 73 in Baltimore, 108 in Phoenix, and 70 in San Francisco. Now, at McDonald's, you can get a small summer treat like the new Minute Maid Strawberry Watermelon Slushy or McCafe Fraps and Smoothies for just two bucks. Now, give us a vibe of the day. If you want to improve the quality of your life, start allocating a portion of each day to changing your paradigm. Yeah, I love that. All right, well, coming up, is it time to renounce your Catholic faith? Uh, We're going to discuss coming up next. You're listening to You by Troy Savon and Tate McRae. Uh, just a reminder, we have Tate McRae on the program this coming Thursday at 9.20 Pacific, 12.20 Eastern Time as we wrap up our celebrations in Pride. Uh, she's quite a phenomenal young artist. We can't wait to share her with you uh, on Thursday, so make sure you tune in for that. It's going to be a good conversation. Now, the Catholic Church. <laughs> just saying that almost makes you break out in hives. I know. I went to Catholic school growing God. up. You went to Catholic school growing up, um, but they are a church and an organization that tend to be so out of touch with not just modern times, but with their own followers. Yeah. Right now, the Catholic Church, there's a big dust up with a bunch of bishops getting together now and trying to deny communion to Joe Biden and some other Democratic leaders, Nancy Pelosi being one of them, after all these years, uh, because they support a woman's right to choose. Right. They're also anti-same-sex couples adopting or even fostering children. Um, but their own followers, their own congregation, doesn't really line up with where these bishops and the leaders of the church stand on a lot of these issues. So is it time to just walk away completely from the Catholic Church and start over? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I did. I listen. I went to Catholic school. My grandma was very, very involved in the Catholic Church. Um, she was a Eucharistic minister. She was a catechism teacher. She was like obsessed. And if you go into her house to this day, 
that we would laugh because there was like you could find a rosary literally in every corner of her house in pockets in purses bibles she had so many mary statues and so that was my whole life especially being italian um but I made the decision at 19 that I was ready to just be very spiritual, not religious. And so I did pull away um, from the Catholic Church. And I've been f- great ever since. I think it's hard for people because it's like nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I think that's sometimes what happens. It's familiar. But we don't know why. Even if it's abusive. We don't even know what they stand for. Yeah. They don't even know what they stand you for. You literally schooled me yesterday when I was like, Jesus is not God. And you were like, literally, Jesus is God. Like, we had this conversation. No, I had, literally, we both went to Catholic school. And you're like, wait, no, Jesus is different than God. I'm like, yes and no. If you're a Catholic, you believe in the Holy Trinity. And Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all the same. Right. They all overlap. Right. But they're all separate entities that are one. Yeah. Right? So that's, that's sort of the belief of the Catholic Church. It's a complicated sort of like thing to try to wrap your brain around where, you know, God gave us his only son, but it's also him in a human form. But there's also the spirit. So it's a really yeah, it's complicated, real complicated thing complicated. to try to, like water, ice, and vapor is what Justin says. Oh. Justin, I have no idea what that means. You're such a weirdo. Well, they're all types of water. Sure, sure, sure. But they're in different forms. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's kind of, that's, yeah, kind, that of, that's kind of tracks. That's kind of good. Yeah, um, but I, I will say when I used to go into the Catholic Church, even like when my uh, when my niece was uh, baptized, I went in and there was familiarity and, and there was a little bit of a peaceful feeling, but also I think that's just because you want to feel... Yes. What you felt when you were little. Of course. When things, you didn't have complications like bills and yeah. relationships and heartbreak yet. Yeah. Well, you know, almost two thirds of Catholics in America actually support marriage equality, which is wild. Uh, you would think that that number might be different based on the stance of the actual church at large. Um, and we talked about this months ago, Francesco, that documentary the documentary that came out, we had Evgeny Avineski uh, who directed it. And he said, listen, the Pope, Pope Francis supports marriage equality. It's the firm, the institution that is slow to change. And that's the big, big problem. They get in the way of themselves. In this instance, there are a group of very, very conservative bishops um, who are trying to, you know, shut this down and say that um, those who vote for a woman's right to choose don't have the right to receive communion anymore, which is problematic because you can't say because somebody publicly does something versus privately doing something that you're going to hold, hold them accountable because they're sticking their necks out in the line and holding a very public uh, opinion on something, on a controversial hot-button issue. This same group of bishops, though, are also the ones who hid the church's sexual abuse scandal for generations, raping young boys, literally hid it. They're also the same group that claimed AIDS was God's way of punishing the gays. Um, and even though some of them at the time ended up dying of complications from HIV and AIDS because they were closeted gay men who were priests in the Catholic Church having sex with one another and raping children. Yeah. I mean, that's the Catholic Church I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And these same men now, these old white guys primarily who've been hating themselves for an entire lifetime are now trying to say, oh, the president can't receive communion. When most, and also polls show that most most Catholics don't even know what communion represents. They don't even know. And they don't believe that it's actually supposed to represent the body of Christ, which is actually, if you're a true Catholic, you believe that's actually the flesh of Christ. Yeah. You actually believe that. So we're cannibals. Two-thirds of them don't believe that either. So there's a big gap between yeah. what's going on in the Catholic Church with the people 
and the leadership. I think that it's important to not give so much power to things and to people. And I think that in this generation, we are learning that we don't need to do things the same way we've always done mm-hmm. them. We can ask questions. Yep. We can pull apart. Challenge things. We can, uh, Yeah. And I think it's okay. And if you're struggling with your religion or your spiritual beliefs, that's also okay. But I don't think that we should continue forcing ourselves into a church that is condemning who we are when it's really just a lot of hypocrisy. And so the root of every single religion on the planet is love. Yeah. At the root. Yes. Every single one of them gets misconstrued. If you just hang on to the root of it, you can't be miserable. You know that you're made on purpose for a purpose if you just hang on to the love and let the rest of the stuff go. Yeah. It's all bull. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it really is. That's so crazy. Well, I, I'm happy that we're having these conversations and able to take a stand and get our power back. I will say, I don't speak to my mother, but when she was uh, a lesbian walking me to school with her lesbian girlfriend, the, the other moms were mean to her. They were really mean to my mm-hmm. mom. And they always um, hide behind religion. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, and I, I really remember that. All right, well, coming up, uh, an openly gay NFL player is a thing. We're talking Carl Nassib coming up next. Tell me something good. Let's do it, Michaela. Let's tell our listeners, shall we? Hey. There's nothing gooder than a little breakfast at the Waffle House. I grew up on that stuff, and it's so delicious. You can get it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I've they never, never been. Wait, what? I know. I've never been to the Waffle House. If my fiance is listening right now, he is literally gagging. It's his favorite restaurant in the whole world. (laughs) Really? Oh, my goodness. I will tell you, those hash browns smothered, covered, and chunked and diced. Amazing. If you went there, you'd know what I'm talking about. We actually went years ago. We used to go there in the middle of the night when we were high schoolers. We thought we were so cool. There's one 30 minutes away. And we learned their whole system on how they mark. They actually mark the plates with... A piece of hash brown or an onion or a, a strawberry jam upside down or right side up, turn to the left, turn to the right, so that the the, the line cook knows exactly what to put on the plate and how to cook everything. Mm-hmm. That's how they communicate with each other. It's really fantastic. It's really incredible. I love the Waffle House. Well, one Waffle House manager was surprised to see his employee, Timothy Harrison, show up for a 7 a.m. shift. Uh, the employee had taken the day off in advance, for, in advance of an important milestone that he was about to miss. Take a listen. Raise, you know... The whole saying it takes a village to raise a baby and, you know, just happy to be a part of the village. I was a little heartbroken. No kid should miss that. He just deserved it. So I could not let him miss that day. Not knowing how traffic's going to be or anything like that, but we tried to make sure we rushed and got him across town and we got him there just in time. Okay, so that's his, that's his boss, Cedric, talking about uh, his graduation uh, from high school. He was offered a full scholarship at Birmingham's Lawson State Community College, by the way. Um, but he was about to miss his high school graduation. Wow. He showed up for his shift instead. And they're like, uh-uh, 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 you are part of this family. Aww. He's like, but it's an hour away and I don't know how to get there. So they drove him there. That's so sweet. Made sure, t- took him there and got him all ready for his event, for his big graduation. And they sent him off. Because, like, listen. I love stories like this. Uh, three Waffle Houses in the Denver area, by the way, our producer let me know. Uh, which we will be there this weekend. I'm not even kidding. Honestly, we should go. We should We should Before we book out. our flight. We should figure it out. Well, this story is amazing. There's no bad blood here. Uh, a newlywed um, is making besties with her husband's ex-wife. Uh, Debbie Neal married Jim Mirth, and two days later, uh, the ex-wife of Jim uh, was in surgery, having a kidney replacement. 
thanks to uh, to his ex-wife. Mm. Is that incredible? Wow. We often talk about exes and if you can be friendly with them, but imagine going the lengths of giving an ex-wife your kidney to to make sure that she uh, doesn't have to suffer from kidney disease anymore. She suffered from kidney disease for over 30 years, and this woman was able to give a functioning kidney to help her. You know, my parents suffered for over 30 years after they got divorced. What? Hatred of each other. You couldn't stand each other. There's no way on earth oh, yeah. my parents would give a kidney to each other. That's pretty yeah. incredible stuff. Yeah, I thought I made it clear. The new wife gave the ex-wife a kidney. Yeah, yeah. Did I make that clear? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. That's pretty wild. Thank you, Justin. Don't ever give me a note. So what if Lisa started getting with somebody else and they needed a kidney? Could you do it? Could no. you give Lisa's new girlfriend a kidney? <clears throat> no. <laughs> I listen, no. <laughs> That's Lisa, why we share stories of others. They're much know, better people than we are. They're much better. I'm like Lisa. I don't know if Lisa's ex needed a kidney, I'd give it to her, but I'd like probably pout the whole time. Probably like a chicken kidney. Yeah. Maybe. And then I'd be like, store. Lisa's still my girlfriend. <laughs> don't even think about and it. And you would milk that till the day you die too. Yeah, I yeah, I would. I would. All right, well, uh, tell me something good is brought to you by McDonald's. At McDonald's, get a small summer treat like new Minute Maid strawberry watermelon slushy or McCafe fraps and smoothies for just two bucks. As always, thank you for listening. We're going to have a great conversation tomorrow in regards to the Catholic Church. And also, this is big news. Trans veterans are getting gender uh, confirmation surgeries, and that's a really big deal we're going to discuss in Red, White, and Q. So have a great rest of your day, and we'll see you tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.